0: Welcome to Career Bits, the weekly podcast for the University Career Center of UNC Charlotte. Each week on Career Bits, we provide a briefing on resources, hiring trends, and career-centered activities for students and alums of UNC Charlotte. Talking with me today is our very special guest, Amir Ismail. Amir is the process improvement lead at Bank of America and is also the CEO and founder of AIC Mindset. Amir, thank you for coming on Career
1: Bits. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Please tell our audience a little bit
1: about you, your background, and your two roles. Absolutely. So I've been working at Bank of America here in headquarters in Charlotte for the last year and a half. Um, and I pretty much have a process improvement, process reengineering, consulting type role where my main focus is to automate, streamline, and operationalize the way that the bank is currently doing finance. And the ways that we're doing that is just really just trying to figure out what's the best technologies to apply. How do we move away from manual processes? And it's really just applying these problem-solving solutions Um, to help make the banks a less complex organization. And then um, that's my nine to five. And my five to nine, I am the CEO and founder of AIC Mindset, which is a career coaching, professional branding, job search optimization, um, career coaching consulting business. So, And really what I'm helping people do is help them build a narrative uh, and help them develop a brand uh, that resonates with employers so that they can land their next big opportunity. And I've helped dozens of professionals and students uh, land big-time roles.
0: That is fantastic. I want to ask you a lot of things about both of those roles. Yeah. The, the first thing is you mentioned and kind of boiled down your job to being problem solving. And that's something I know I talk to a lot of students about. Our career coaches and the rest of our staff talk to our students and alums about every job in some way or another is problem solving. So can you talk a little bit about how recent grads that are now hitting the job market and maybe even you know young alums that are just starting out their career can continue to build on and trust their problem solving techniques?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, when you say problem solving, it's, it could be very general and very vague. Um, And when I think about problem solvers, um, it's, it's, you have to find something that naturally you like to solve a problem for. So for me, I love anything that has to do with operations. I love uh, increasing efficiency. So the problem solving toolkit, um, the skill sets that you need to develop is uh, the ability to market research, you know, figuring out what are the best practices out there? What are other competitors doing? Um, what in the, what are the industry standards in that uh, realm? And then your ability to articulate and uh, present information in an easily digestible manner is a really, really crucial skill set. Because sometimes as consultants or problem solvers, we're coming in and we have this huge complex puzzle with many different uh, variables. So how do you put that together in a cohesive manner and present it back to your stakeholders in a way that they understand it? And good problem solvers you know, what What you're trying to do is outline recommendations. Here, Here is approach one, two, or three. I recommend or we recommend you go with this for these reasons. Um, and, you know, being a problem solver and, and a consultant, sometimes there's no one answer. It's a matter of the thought process, the approach you took to derive at that answer. And it's bringing the community of people that you're problem solving for together and um, kind of developing a plan forward. So, organizational skills, communication skills, executive presence, your ability to build presentations and to rally a crowd behind a common purpose and what it is that you're trying to drive. Those are some skill sets that I would um, look at developing. And the ways that you could do that is by doing case studies, by maybe helping a small business with a problem that they're going through as a side project um, and really developing those, those problem-solving skills Um that require that are that are required to be a good consultant or problem solver.
0: Yeah, Amir, that dovetails perfectly into talking about AIC mindset now and the professional development work. And the thing that I really hooked on to there when you were talking about it is those are all tenets of good career development and career management that we teach students to do. But a lot of times, and I, I know I felt this way when I first graduated, okay, I'm done with that now. I don't have to continue to do that. And the truth is you're going to career managed, career developed, professionally developed throughout your lifetime and throughout your career. And what do you think are some of the biggest stumbling blocks that fresh grads run into when it comes to continuing their career development and professional development?
1: Absolutely. So personal growth, success um, is a never ending journey. You know, it's not something that ever stops. You never, you never make it to the top or, you know, once you feel like, once you see that you've gotten to a certain level, there's always going to be another promotion or another opportunity that you can continuously change. And I say that being that you should be a lifelong learner and you should be someone that is, is soaks information like a sponge and is continuously asking questions and wants and, and is intellectually curious and wants to understand the way that the world works, especially in the, in, if you're trying to enter the business world, I think um, what folks, the one of the biggest hindrances is complacency and comfort. Right. When you get into a groove of things or you develop a comfort level, um, some folks tend to just stay there and not look for other opportunities to continuously develop and exercise those learning muscles. So I think as young as young professionals, once you've reached a lap of uh, uh, your cap in learning and you feel like you've developed or you've really owned a skill, you should really look at other skills and other areas of opportunity and improvement that would develop you and make you a much more well-rounded individual. Um, part of what makes individuals transferable and, and very appealing to com- employers, if they have these transferable core set of skills, you know, that, that you can take anywhere you, you want, um, essentially, and you can add impact immediately at an organization. So don't let complacency or comfort settle in. Always look to be a lifelong learner and challenge yourself. If it's too easy or if you're the smartest person in that subject, that's good. You know, own it. But there comes a point where you want to develop some of the skills that maybe you're not that great at that are important for you to get to the next levels of your career. So always think long term is another really good um, kind of advice here.
0: That's fantastic. And one of the things that we we talk a lot to students about continuing to build their networks and how they can do that and, you know, never turn down a chance to meet people, connect them on LinkedIn, things like that. But one of the things that I, I think students don't take advantage of quick enough when they onboard at a new organization is finding a mentor and you know, becoming somebody's protege, if you will. Uh, I was very fortunate when I started my career, both career paths I've had professionally, where I found a mentor very quickly that could really shepherd me through a lot of stuff and it was great and that was before we really taught that. So can you talk just a little bit about what it's like to find a mentor? And then the other side of it is, when do you know you're ready to be a mentor for some of your, you know, your younger friends still back in school or when you're ready to take on that role in an organization?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll answer the last question first. So in my opinion, everyone's a leader in some way, shape, or form, you can influence. There are many people that you can influence. Everyone is unique and special in their own way and they can teach anyone. So at any point, I think individuals can serve as a mentor, whether it's their peer, whether it's even someone that has more experience than them, or even someone that um, uh, is, is, is younger and age and experience. It really depends on what it is that you know and the knowledge that you have. Anyone can really tap into that. I was fortunate and I strongly believe that it takes a village to raise someone, right? I think, I can't accredit my you know, what I've achieved and my success solely to my own hard work, but really to the individuals and mentors and ambassadors and sponsors that I've had in my life that have given me that critical piece of advice that I needed at the right time, that have kind of motivated me and inspired me to to try different things, and most importantly challenged me um, uh, in in certain areas to kind of think differently than the way that I am. So I think when when it comes to mentorship, there's two different angles that you can take. You can take the formal route where you can try to look for organizations or or pairings of uh, where they pair you with a mentor, or you can take the informal route um, and organically develop relationships. So right now we've entered the virtual era. So in my opinion, I think everyone should be reaching out to three people on LinkedIn every single day just to kind of stay relevant, to keep it fresh. And you never know who's going to come in your life and change and transform it. it, it usually it doesn't have it immediately. It might take weeks, months, or even years. That person that you've developed a relationship and more importantly sustained it can eventually be a person that, takes your game to the next level or helps you during a critical moment in your career. So long story short, you never know who's going to come in and impact your life positively. So, um, you know, do your best to put yourself out there and make those valuable connections.
0: And Amir, think back to when you were just graduated from college, starting your career. I mean, you've got a really successful career with Bank of America and you've started your own foundation and, and work now. As you said, it's your five to nine what what did you do that made you so successful, move up so quickly? And then what gave you the inspiration to start AIC Mindset?
1: Oh, absolutely. So um, I started AIC Mindset on the core foundation that mindset determines success. So I think for me, I've always been ambitious. I've never wanted to settle for less. Um, I've try not to take no for an answer and really just be creative in the way that I navigate the professional world, the leadership world, the entrepreneurial world, the nonprofit world. And that ambition and the framework and the foundations that I've created for myself to not skip stages and really just kind of embrace every moment of my professional life and learn and soak up as much knowledge as I can and network and be someone that people can uh, look up to or or look forward to working with. I think those are the areas that have allowed me to kind of um, thrive, and and right now the reasons that I want to that I've started a i have started AIC mindset is to give back. You know, growing up, I was a first generation college student. I was a first generation American. I grew up under the poverty line uh, the entirety of my childhood life. So I grew up with very very little resources, and I didn't know what it what it felt like to have a mentor, to have educated parents, or or maybe even parents that can teach me how to do homework or what what leadership is or how to navigate the world. So I was alone in many cases. Um, And, you know, once I got to college, I got into a really good swing of things where I started learning and developing and I I tapped into leadership and that really, really changed my life. Um, And then I told myself that I always wanted to serve as a resource for those that might not have a mentor similar to me when I was growing up. So I did it for a while um, without the formalities of a business. And then in 2018, I was like, you know what? Let me just slap an LLC on there and see what happens. And now my business has grown much bigger than what I imagined it to be. But honestly, I love it. It fulfills me so much um, in addition to my work in corporate America. And the gratification I get is when I get an email or a message or a call that someone says, because of you, I'm making $40,000 extra, or because of you, I was able to tap into this industry. And that's what keeps the momentum going and makes me want to even uh, scale this business out even bigger.
0: That is fantastic. Well, Amir, thanks so much for joining us on Career Bits. Tell folks how they can follow you, connect with you, and how they can find out more about AIC Mindset.
1: Absolutely. So really easy person to, to follow and connect with. AICmindset.com is the website. AICmindset.gmail.com is my email. Um, my handle is just AICmindset across all platforms, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, all that good jazz. Would love to connect with anyone um, that, that hears this program and uh, follow up.
0: Fantastic. Thanks again, Amir, for being on Career Bits.
1: Absolutely. Thank you for having me.
0: So welcome back in Patrick, Jesse, and Matthew here to the Career Bits podcast. Patrick, I want to start with you this week. Some employers, job opportunities, cool things that are going on that you want to highlight for folks listening to the show.
2: Yeah, let me start off with some uh, shout outs to some major employers that are doing a lot of hiring. I'm just going to read you a few of them that, from a long list that's out there. CVS Health, FedEx, Fidelity Investments, Advent Health, Chewy, PepsiCo, Lockheed Martin, Salesforce, Takeda, Pharma are all hiring for multiple types of positions. And there's a serious amount of other employers out there doing the same thing. And then secondly, I just want to remind students that uh, UPIP positions and on-campus jobs are being posted in HireNiner as we speak and all throughout the summer. So now is the prime time to get your resume in there, apply for different positions to help you pay for college next year.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Those are going to be ramping up over the next several weeks. So good advice to go ahead and get your resume in, get it approved. And then when those positions pop up, you can start applying for them. Matthew, we've got some cool meetups coming this summer too still though.
3: Yeah, Jay, we have some awesome meetups happening. I mean, we have everything from, you know, if you want to be a producer with MSNBC in the news sector, we have that coming up. We have, if you're a marketing or business student who wants to work at Facebook, we have that meetup coming. We have tons of meetups coming around specific career topics as well. So it's really important for you to get in there, make sure you're RSVPing, make sure you're getting there and asking questions, you know? It's really a thing about not only helping making yourself better professionally through learning about different career paths or you know making your LinkedIn better or whatever that is, but it's really also about making those connections. Whenever it comes to your career, your professional brand, getting in there, letting employers see your name, letting them maybe, you know, see your face. It's always good to have a video on if possible. Um, maybe even like chiming in with some audio because what that's really going to do is it's going to help set you apart um, from others who maybe don't say anything or um, others you know if that resume comes across their desk and they're like oh I remember that student who participated in that career meetup so that's really a great way for you to get involved and to kind of get your career brand out there a little bit more.
0: Yeah, not only that, it's a great way to continue to build your professional development skills because outside of the employer-led meetups we've got, we've also got our career coaches leading a lot of career development and professional development meetups throughout the uh, the summer. And we've also got special guests. Patrick, you've got one you wanted to mention.
2: Yeah, so maybe, most of you probably remember Brad from one of our previous podcasts talking about financial literacy. He's agreed to come back. And so throughout the summer, he's going to be doing additional uh, sessions on Budgeting after college, salary negotiation, learning what investing and saving and understanding how the cash flow coming in your pocket and leaving your pocket, obviously, um, uh, sets you up for success later on. So check all those out in Hire Niner, RSVP and uh, Brad's a good guy.
0: Jesse, there were some resources you wanted to highlight for our recent grads and others who are listening to the show this week.
4: Yeah, absolutely. So fun fact that I don't know if many know about, but all Career Center resources, meaning event participation, networking opportunities with employers, one-on-one career coaching appointments, and more are free, let me repeat that, free for all alumni for a lifetime. So for those of you who are just graduating, for those of you who are tuning in and, um, you know, might have been out of college for a few years, or again, even if you're a mid-level career changer, know that we are here for you and you're able to, again, access all Career Center resources free for a lifetime.
0: That's awesome. And uh, besides being able to access our resources, we invite our alums to participate in a lot of our activities too, right?
4: Absolutely. Yeah, that's another really cool way to um, kind of give back. So if you're interested in sharing about your expertise, and about your experience, um, you know, in the job search process, just talking about your current profession, or even your industry, we would love to hear from you. So um, definitely um, keep in touch with the Career Center and let us know if you're interested in participating in any of our conversations with students.
0: And really the focus of this show has been about congrats to our grads. That's why we had Amir Ismail on to talk about good tips for transitioning and building your network. We've talked a little bit about that. And Patrick, you wanted to do a little bit of discussion around that as well for our final thought segment.
2: Yeah. I wanted to give your all's opinions, uh, any stories that you want to share with students about your transition out from uh, undergrad into life, if you will. And, uh, kick us off, I'll get started. I remember, you know, graduating and, um, you know, walking across that aisle, doing all that kind of stuff. And then after that, feeling like I was forgetting to do something. And I started thinking about it and it was, I didn't have any more homework, didn't have any more classes to go to, didn't have papers to write. And as I was waiting to go into my graduate program, that whole summer was just about, you know, relaxing and calming down a bit and giving myself or giving myself permission to take a break before I hit the ground running um, in graduate school. And I imagine the same things, uh, the same thing for others who may not be going to grad school, but going right into the workforce, you know, this is a good time to take a breath and, and get to the next step. But uh, Matt, tell us a story. What, what was it like for you?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, my path has been a little all over the place, honestly. But I mean, in undergrad, I realized I didn't want to be a casting director, even though I was offered a full-time role and did that for a little bit. And I left crying every day. Uh, it just is something I learned about myself. But you know, once I graduated, I wasn't for sure what to do. I wasn't really for sure what my path would be, but I knew I loved studying media. So I went directly into grad school, um, you know, and that led me to working in higher education, which I you know really loved. I think one of the coolest things that kind of happened on my career path, especially after I finished grad school was um, I moved to New York City. The first time I ever uh, went to New York was actually for my job interview. Um, and I was moving from Virginia. So I was a little nervous, like, oh, are they going to give me the job? What if they don't think I want to move there? You know, All those questions you have. And one way I kind of like let them know that I was definitely interested in moving to New York was I had already done some research on some of the locations that I'd like, want to live in. Um, I had mentioned I had family up near Brooklyn. Um, and also when they asked me if I was ready in the interview, I told them, well, I already sold my car. So let's hope I get the job. Um, You know, they laughed and everything because, you know, I was just trying to be my authentic self and also really just trying to make sure that I was letting them know, Hey, I am ready for this move. So if you're thinking about, you know, going to other locations, the career center, we're definitely here to help you with that. And, you know, just let them know, like, I've already looked at the city. Um, Don't go into it, not really knowing anything about the city because then that kind of gives a red flag. So just make sure you, you know, take those chances, you make the leap and, you know, you'd never really know where your career is going to lead. And that's where I think taking those risks really pays off.
0: How about you, Jay? Yeah. I I remember when I moved to Troy, Alabama uh, to go to work at the time, Troy State University, uh, I didn't know a single person in town. Um, I knew of one person through another friend back where I was from. And so I made sure I connected with him when I went down there to interview and at least got his email address so that I had one person that I knew when I got there. And I'm kind of an introverted person by nature. So, you know, I would go into work and work really hard, but I made it a point um, to make sure that I put myself out there and tried to meet new people uh, in a new, place that was different and strange to me. So I made a friend at the local chamber of commerce, asked her what's cool to do around here. And if you don't know, Troy's a really small town. So she kind of told me like the best restaurant and the fastest way to get through town and where the speed traps were and all that kind of stuff. But I would just get out after work and I would just drive in a direction and see what was there and then make sure I could get back home from there and just kind of got to know the area. And I still have friends from that area and that school that I keep up with today. And I mean, that was almost 20 years ago now at this point. So the, the thing I would say is as you're getting into your new career, and you're really working hard and you're putting a lot of time into it, don't forget to also take time for yourself to get to know an area and to ingrain yourself into things that you're interested in, in that area. I think that's, that's a really good uh, idea. What about you, Jesse?
4: Sure. So my first job um, out of college, I actually didn't start until a couple months after I graduated, which was a little bit nerve wracking, to be honest, initially Um, I was going through the interview process and hadn't connected with anything. So I stuck to it. I had a part-time job over the summer and luckily got my job um, and started just a couple months after graduation. And my first job was in undergraduate admissions at Ohio University. So I went from undergraduate at Ohio State, which is where I got my Bachelor of Arts degree, and moved a couple hours away to a very small town, much very different from the uh, city I was used to, um, to what we call a college town, um, which is in a tiny town in Athens, Ohio. And so um, it was an amazing first job. I actually ended up staying at Ohio University in a variety of roles for about four and a half years. Um, But I do very distinctly remember having... um, A sudden realization that full-time professional life is a lot different than life as an undergrad. Um, Jumping from, you know, maybe having one, two classes a day with some quote-unquote free time in between to an eight to five is a bit of a shock to the system. Um, And so I would say for those of you who are preparing for your transition to a full-time job, if you haven't already started getting yourself into some sort of a routine, do yourself a big favor and just start preparing for you know um, a full eight hour work day. Get yourself up early, whatever you need to do to kind of reinvigorate yourself in the morning, whether that's, again, start drinking coffee, which is something I started to do finally when I got my first full-time job. Get your exercise in, whatever that looks like, but preparing now so that way it's not as much of a shock to the system. Um, when you do start your first full-time role.
2: So as we shared our stories, all of you are going to have your own stories. Remember, it's not just about career designing, but it's about life designing. And these next steps are going to be a part of you and what it is that you're going to find in terms of career success. All right, Jay, bring us home.
0: Yeah, folks, once again, congratulations to our graduates of this class, but also congrats to everyone else that's finishing up the semester. We know it's been full of challenges, but as always, Niner Nation is responding uh, spectacularly. And remember that the Career Center is here for you for any of your career development needs. So make sure you take advantage of those resources that we've mentioned and let us know what we can do to help stay engaged with the Career Center. Follow us on all social media at Niner Careers and, of course, our website, career.uncc.edu. We'll talk to you next time.